It's October 31st and we've decided to do the Halloween special for Terrorvision Horror Podcast. Welcome to your weekly dose of horror news and fun. This is episode 26. I'm your host, Dan McGuinness, and joining me as always is my co-host, Jennifer the Dream Warrior Strand. Together we are two people with a love of horror and feel the burn of our obsolete blockbuster memberships. VHS. Um, you can catch us weekly on all major podcasting services and on YouTube. Jen, what have you done this week? Is it good? Nothing. Oh, <laughs> yeah. No. Uh, I I just came out, uh, back from a week off of work, which was fantastic. So I've had a week at work. Um, so once again, I don't know what my week is. It's gone. Uh, I Did went- you just sleep all week getting ready for Halloween? Yeah, I just go into like this dormant state of hibernation and then I like re-emerge on October 31st looking wow. like a trash panda and I love it. It's great. I like to think that you kind of uh, cocoon and metamorphosis like a gremlin and you yeah. come out and it's like, like Genoween. Genoween? I mean, every day is Halloween when you do it, right? But yeah, I don't know. There's something about this year's Halloween that hasn't got me as excited as pumped, but... I'm still excited that it's Halloween. I'm more pumped than usual because doing this horror podcast, it gives me like, you know, it reminded me it was Halloween. Yeah. Um, and I think because I lacked, lacked off, lacked, I relaxed on um, my shop's like Halloween branding and pushing yeah. all that heaps. I didn't get burnt out by it. That's fair. So now I'm all psyched. And like last week I bought like, you know, oh, no, we can talk about that in a sec. Because we went to Record Store Day yes. and I bought the... Uh, the Halloween three season of the witch soundtrack. Oh yes, which has my favorite boom 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 on it, which is um amazing. What else have you been doing? Uh, well, yes, we went. We did record store day. So after we finished last week's episode, I uh, took you down to my local record shop, Underground Records. Underground Records. Yeah, yeah. I bought a t-shirt. You bought a t-shirt. I'd previously bought two t-shirts, and then we went in. We bought some records. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. what did I buy? You bought. I bought Sonic for <laughs> for my girlfriend, and I bought uh, the Daily Earth of Steel. Daily Earth, really was cool. The Keanu Reeves one. <laughs> Not the Keanu Reeves one. Sorry, they didn't have it. Otherwise, mm-hmm. I would have. Um, oh, right. So yeah, lots of. Didn't buy as much. Usually, it's like a drop a fat stack of cash, but this one was a quite. It was busy there and stuff like it was, that. It's great. I love to see that it's super busy. But, and um, yeah, sometimes you get overwhelmed when stuff's too busy. Yeah, I always feel. Because it's such a like a super friendly environment where you're just basically hanging out and chilling and chatting. But when it's busy, it's like my retail kicks in and I'm like, okay, i got to leave because they're trying to work. You know, it's it's really weird when people come in and you're trying to work, but they're having, standing around having friendly chats. So mm. it's like, yeah, i got to get out. You should pull your mic closer. Pull my mic closer? A little bit. A little bit more. A little bit more. Anyhow. Um, yes. What, what did I do? I got into I, – I went I went deep – Researching on the internet, creepy pasta. Now, do you know what creepy pastas are? I do know what creepy pastas are. Yeah. For those people who don't know what creepy pastas are, because I had no idea, because I was yeah. listening to your podcast and they're throwing this term out, and I was like, "What are they talking about?" And I looked into it, and basically, creepy pastas are internet urban legends that yes. in uh, it primarily start in like message boards. So they exist purely on the internet, um, and they're usually stuff. There's a lot of a lot of them 
uh, are based on video games. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there's one about like called uh, Drowned Ben, I think it was called, where a, a, a person, apparently, apparently these are all true, um, got a copy of Majora's Mask secondhand. When he got it home, there was a save file on it. Apparently, it belonged to this kid um, named Ben who died dr- from drowning. And when he saved over the kid's game, like the game started giving him like, messages like, you shouldn't have done that and all mm-hmm. stuff like that. Total ridiculous fun stuff. I love but it. But people have started taking it way too serious as well, usual. Creepypasta, that's where Slenderman came from. Yep, Slenderman. So, and we all know what happened with that. Those girls that tried to kill their friend. Yeah, or oh, that was um yeah, so that was one of the creepypastas, yeah. the ones where uh yeah, it was like two little kids tried to kill a girl yes. with a knife or whatever to prove that Slenderman was real. Yeah, they were like sacrificing her to Slenderman. Oh, so crazy. Yeah, now there's a whole documentary on it. You really need to watch it if you haven't. It's oh, really good. Yeah, they, and yeah, I went deep into it, and yes. I was just like, "This is amazing. I love this stuff." But like, I love getting into it, knowing it's all fun. But then I get jaded right near the end when I realize people take everything too far, I and know, just... every, everyone takes everything too far and everything too seriously. Like, you got to take everything with a, a you know a grain of salt. There's um the one I like with Lavender Town, and apparently in Pokemon, one of the early ones. There's a, lab, there's a place called Lavender Town. There is a place called Lavender Town. And it was something to do with, like, when your Pokemons die, like, the programmers made them die and come back into Lavender Town, like, where your dead Pokemon are. Sure. And people were, like, you know, really solidified this themselves. Um, I don't know if it was in the coding or whatever, but also Lavender Town's music, um, which I'll try and remember to put over this right now. Yes. Um, it's very disjointed and weird. And that will just add to, you know, the, your, your, your confirmation bias and that this thing could be real. And, um, yeah, I just um, yeah, I just loved all that kind of stuff. But it, it's really, really, really cool. I Yeah, I really enjoy a creepypasta. And as I was saying just before we started this, like, we could always do, like, a mini-sode where we just sit and read creepypastas. Or just talk about the best ones. Yeah. Yeah, cause there's a, there's a, and there's a whole lot of consequences come out of them. I mean, creepypastas are just like, I can't remember that guy's name. It's like, what is it? I was still trying to talk about it before. But the the Pizzagate guy. Pizzagate guy. Kion, Keon. I don't uh, know. He's a, that guy. Yeah, that let's guy not talk about him. Let's not give him any more, you know, yeah. fame. And apart from that, I just started. Um, I just started Super Mario Odyssey again on the Switch because yeah. I was just like, I ran through that game really quickly the first time. Like I didn't find anything extra. I just ran through it, and everyone keeps saying to me, "It's like it's one of the best Mario's. It's one of the best. It's one of the best." Like you know, it's got so much adventure, so much depth. And in my mind, when I think back, I'm just like, I just ran through it in like two days, mm. and I went back into it, and straight away I found like a T Rex that I hadn't found. Like uh, yeah. In the first two levels. I only found the T-Rex when I got to bloody New Jack City, where it was called. It's not yeah. New Jack City. That's you should, uh, I was a nightclub yeah. in Adelaide, 90th Street. <laughs> you got to stop and spell the ruses in these games is my understanding. Not that I've ever played a single Mario game that's not like a drunken Mario Kart thing. Really? Yeah. You're not a Mario lady. I, I'm not really like a video game. Like I like video games. I play certain video games, but... Uh, my childhood was not full of, like, Pokemon. My childhood was not full of Mario. Mine I... was full of Mario. It wasn't full of Pokemon. Yeah. So, Anyhow. none of that for me. All right. Let's move on to horror news. Yes, each week, me and Jen take you through the horror news you need to know about. Welcome to horror news. Halloween edition. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, our first news is near and dear to my heart, and at least four people have contacted me regarding this. I'm thinking today at least four people also on the internet care. 
<laughs> no, lots of people care. Um, so Ginger Snaps, the 1999 uh, werewolf lady movie, um, is it's getting new life as a television series. Ooh! Yes. I look. Do you know? Honestly, I've been thinking we have not done a single werewolf film on this show yet. Clearly, we're going to watch just Jack Nicholson Wolf. Remember how boring yes. that was? Well, no, because I. <laughs> don't really like werewolf films, I've sort of discovered. They're not something I always go to. So all these were- fantastic werewolf... Like, I've seen American Werewolf in, in London. That's, like, the and film. Did you see Paris? But I, I probably have seen Paris. A lot of CG, but it was very cool. Yeah, really. but I've not seen, like, The Howling. I've not seen Wolf. I've not... Like, all of these werewolf films, I've never seen them. But Team I Team Wolf? I don't even think I've seen Teen Wolf. Teen Wolf 2? Is it Jason (laughs) Bateman? The one with Jason Bateman? (laughs) No, I don't think I've seen those. Yeah. um, Um, I mean, my favourite werewolf memory is obviously the Monster Squad because they keep Wolfman in the nuts. nuts. (laughs) (laughs) And to me, that's as far as I ever needed deep to go with werewolves. I mean, American Werewolf in London is rad, but I feel that what makes American Werewolf in London so rad is everything around the werewolf parts of it. Mm. Like his dead friend. the transformation? No, no, just like... The werewolf was cool, but the rest, like, you know, his dead friend that's haunting him the whole movie, like, all the other stuff around just the core werewolf story I found more interesting. Yeah. And I'm like, hmm. Yeah, hmm. yeah. Well, I did actually, I was finally able to obtain a copy of Cursed the other day, which is Wes Craven's uh, werewolf film. So there's oh. a lot of stuff going on. It's like a r- notoriously terrible film because the studio burnt down and they basically had to reshoot it and a lot of people that were in it were like, nah, I'm not coming back for that. Um, but it's absolutely ridiculous. So we, we will be doing that. Cursed. Cursed. Christina Ricci's in it and that guy that I think is a piece of shit, Jesse Eisenberg, is in there. Um, so, yeah, super excited. But we digress. So As usual. Ginger Snaps. Um, don't know if you've seen it, Dan? No, it was. No? It was. Um, I think it 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 it, it was made in my my horror off season. Yeah. So this is like ninety nine. So basically, uh, it tells the tale of two sisters who are self imposed outcasts in their hometown. Um, it's a nice little Canadian film. Um, so inseparable and fascinated with the macabre, they make a pact to escape their sleepy suburban home by sixteen, or else take their own lives. Um, so I think the quote was. <laughs> Um, out by 16 or dead on the scene, something along those lines. Oh, um, but on the night of uh, Ginger's first period, she is attacked and infected by a werewolf, which unleashes, unleashes a monstrous kind of puberty. <laughs> so while she's experiencing her period, her body's changing and she's transforming into a werewolf. Is this some sort of, you know, metaphor? Oh, yeah. This is a big old metaphor movie. As um, in you turn into a rabid beast when you get your period? Have you met women, Dan? Yes. Who are these women? Yes, we do. What is woman? <laughs> um, the sister Bridget can't understand this new version of her sister who has become extremely violent and sexual. Um, so this franchise is amazing because the first film was really good. The second film, it was good. And then the third film is a sack of garbage, but it's still fun. Hot trash. Yeah. Wow. So I'm very excited to hear that this is being developed into a TV series. So I'm not sure if they're going to do like the whole lore and whole franchise because the third film is a prequel in like witchcraft times. It reminds me of like, I know I'm going to be like, you know, like gender whitewashing here. It just reminds me of like 
the craft, but just sidestepped to the right a little bit. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? The like, werewolf. It was like they had this whole thing like, oh, girl horror. Let's get all over this shit. And, uh, that, and then there was a splur of like just, you know, g- uh, girly-based horrors. Is, is there a transformation scene? There is a transformation scene. Now, this, this film is really low budget. Oh, okay. Um, but what they've done and how they do it, because she changes, like, her whole body's changing progressively throughout the movie. So, at one point, you know, her sister wakes up in the middle of the night and hears, like, her, like, weeping in the bathroom. She comes in and she's grown a tail and she's sitting there trying to cut it off. Yuck. Yeah. Um. Just all these things. So, like, her face is gradually changing. She's, like, hair. You know, it, it is the whole puberty thing. There's hair where there never used to be hair before. And yeah, my body's changing in ways I don't understand. Exactly. But it, instead Tails. of it just being a period, she's becoming an animal. Um, it's a huge metaphor. We will definitely do this. Okay. Yeah. No, no, you'll... you'll, you'll oh, I will love it. You'll love it. It's great. The gore's good. Oh, that's all right. Um... Lots about it. So, yeah, I'm very excited. Um, not a huge amount of information is available for this yet, but keen. Keen as a bean? Keen as a bean. All right. I am. Um, well, as I said, I don't have much to say on this. Um, originally released in 2000 with Ginger Snaps. Made the, made the, millenni- the millennial. The millennium. 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 Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Ginger Snaps 2 was 2014. They don't mention Ginger Snaps three in this article. No, there's, there's, <laughs> there's a reason. It's it's um, well yeah. So Ginger Snaps the beginning, which is the third one, was released in the same year. So they basically came out at the same time. I didn't even know they were coming out. I just remember being in like Easy DVD one day, and there was the second and third one. I'm like, what the fuck is this? And I very excitedly bought both and went home and watched them. And I'm like, the second one was great. The third one is trash. Yeah, all right. All right, let's move on. What's next? Great. So. Night of the Living Dead, Vivica A. Fox from Kill Bill. Um, she's going to be fighting some zombies in the Night of the Living Dead remake. So this is a remake of the OG black and white one. The OG 1968 one, not the 1990 Tom Zavini remake. Which, which was basically a a black dude fighting a whole bunch of white guys. Yes. <laughs> and they've got her in. Excellent. Yes. It's going to be good. Um, so for those of you who don't know, like, um, in this version, it's pretty much the same. So amidst a a worldwide event where the dead awake and roam the earth as zombies, a small group of human survivors struggle to stay alive and fight off the wandering zombies who are intent on eating them and turning them into the walking dead. So basically... Must use the word, must use term walking dead in zombie, like, synopsis. Yeah. Hashtag. That's, (laughs) that's how you get extra. That's marketing, baby. Hashtag Robert Kurtman. (laughs) Um, Don't sue me. Yeah, so I mean, you know, there's there's been a whole bunch of sequels, and after the initial trilogy came out, which I love that trilogy, you know, the Night, Day, Dawn, those they're great. Um, and then of course we had the the all the remakes and all the sequels there in and there out. It's and yeah. Um, I gotta say, I'm not into the poster. The poster looks like hot garbage. Oh my god! It looks like it looks like it's it's it looks like it should be on Tubi. It looks like it was created on that free app GIMP. Yes, <laughs> for your PC, like the Photoshop ripoff. This kind of looks like because I'm slowly teaching myself Photoshop. Mm-hmm. Um, this looks like something that I still would- still can't achieve, but would love to. <laughs> this would be a highlight of my day if I achieve something. Like, that the poster like is um, 
Uh, how do you say her name? Vivica? Vivica. Vivica on there and it's like, it looks like they've just added in some cuts on her face and this is just like her promo shot yeah. of her and they've like photoshopped her in front of a bunch of zombies and then they've just photoshopped some hands in the, in the foreground yep. <laughs> and then just scratched the title on there. You never know. This poster may not be the... the, the no, you know, no. they're, this they're... is probably some like fan art from twenty. Like, I mean, this is not what Vivica A. Fox looks like now. That is true. That's so, what I thought. Yeah, I reckon this is like just a, a mock up. Yeah, this is one hundred percent. I will be really upset and delighted if this is the actual poster they have for the marketing of this film. Yeah, that'd be hilarious. Actually, um, her scene in Kill Bill was one of my favorite scenes. Oh, she's fantastic in Kill Bill. But like her whole character, that kill, like you know, as in like that. That whole block of it was amazing. And then mm. when the kid comes in and then Irma Thurman's like, you know. If you're if still you, feeling oh, raw about this. Yeah, when you're old. And that, well, I can't believe, because she's at age now. Yeah. Like she's old enough to now be in, like the little girl's now old enough to be in the film to do the revenge. That's like, what they're doing. They're oh, are they? They're working towards doing this film. And it's going to be called like Kill Bride? Probably. Something like that. Yeah. Because um, you don't want to call it to Kill Bill. It's nothing to do with Bill no. anymore. It's like, what was her name? Kiddo. Kill Kiddo. Yeah. Oh, that's clearly what it's going to be called. Yes. So it's going to be great. Um, they, I think they wanted the girl from the new Spider-Man movie who played Mary Jane, whose name I can't remember, who is really popular right now. They want her as the the girl. But shouldn't they use that girl? Is like the she, actual actress? Is she still acting? I don't know what she's up to. Well, if she is, like, that's a oh, no-brainer. Oh, if she is, she should be. But, you know, they want a big name. Big name celeb. Maybe her feet aren't pretty enough for... for um, Quentin Tarantino. He's like, I don't oh, like no, her feet. I'm not hiring her. That's sad and gross. Yeah. She's still really young. Is she? No, she's. That film was like 18 years ago or something. Ah, uh, yeah, I feel older. Like she would be like in her 20s now. It's still gross. It's still gross to think that Quentin Tarantino, Quentin Tarantino would lick her foot. Who is in his like? He'd work. He'd be in his late 50s, early 60s now. So you imagine a 60-year-old man, like, thinking about 20-year-old girl's feet. Yeah, I can imagine that. Yeah. <laughs> Especially if it's him. We don't want to imagine that. It's true. Moving yes. on. Anyway. So, yeah. Uh, again, um, it's it's it currently in development uh, for a 2021 shoot. And that's all the information there is on that. Mm. So we'll probably watch it. It'll probably be on Tubi. It'll probably be free. It'll be great. Excellent. What other news has come out this Halloween week? Ooh, so Danny O'Harris, uh, my one of my favourite screen queens, uh, she is directing an all-female slasher titled Sequel for producer Joe Dante. Mm-hmm. So for those of you living under a rock, um, Danny O'Harris is uh, Jamie Lloyd from Halloween. Wait, so the movie's five. called Sequel? Yes. Okay, I got heaps confused then. I was like, what is it a sequel to? It's everything. Um, so yeah, so Danielle Harris is, uh, well known for the Halloween films. She also, uh, came back for Rob Zombie's Halloween. Um, uh, she's also in Don't Tell Mum the Babysitter's Dead, which is a fantastic film. She also did a, uh, uh, a live reading with Ted, Ted Ramey, Ram- yes. Ram- Ram- I can't say his name. Ted Ramey. Ted Ramey doing the script from Halloween 3, Season of the Witch. Oh yes, on that's October, fine. On the 28th, so yeah. a little just A couple of days ago. ago, a couple of days ago. Yeah. Which would have been a nice one to listen to. Yeah. Um, no Tom Atkins, but... No, well, uh, why didn't he come back? Why? What was he doing? Dead. He's not dead. 
He got killed. He will never die. He's still yelling on the phone <laughs> about like to turn off the. Stop ra- it! Stop to, it! To turn off the uh, the Stop TV it. station. He's just still there. <laughs> uh, uh, yes. So. Um, Anyhow. Yeah. Sequel. Uh, so, written by notable British scribe James Moran, who has done Doctor Who, Torchwood, and Severance. Sequel promises to be a brash, unashamed spectacle led by an all-star cast of take-no-prisoner heroines and presented by a high-caliber lineup of filmmakers. There is currently no date set for the production, but Renfield anticipates that cameras will roll by the second or third quarter of 2021. Currently no date set... A high caliber lineup of film. That's basically just saying, yeah, we've had an idea. We yeah. got, we rang our mate, we Facebooked him, yes. and he said, that oh, sounds all right. Quick, do a post. <laughs> like it, just, it sounds like they are very far away from anything at the moment. Of course. They haven't even written it. I think it. everything is very far away from everything at the moment. Um, but Mark, uh, Producer Mark Allen stated, our team knew immediately James was rewriting the rules. It's like he combined Charlie's Angels and Scream together to get this entirely fresh subgenre, subgenre of female action slashes. Uh, it's hilarious and adrenalizing. A dragon only Danielle can tame. Is adrenalizing a word? I don't think it is. Excellent. I like but that. But I'm okay with that. So the idea of this, like the idea that it's just the fact that it's called sequel, mm. that opens up to me the idea that this is going to be one of those cabin in the woods, you know, play on the horror genre. A scream. Yep. I've mentioned scream. So I reckon um, this could be, uh, this could go real genius. You know what I mean? Like maybe the film will rely on it is the second film. We, there's no such thing as the first film, so they can like yeah do all those like uh, homages to sequels of what they do in them, and it could be really, really, really interesting and really clever if they really get it. You yeah. know what I mean? Like yeah, I mean, like I I think Danielle Harris could have something here. I'm not sure. Like I'm pretty certain she has directed stuff before, um, but she like her whole career is in the horror. Genre so in she, the horror. <laughs> she that's that's her whole career is just she is a scream queen. She's that's who she is. She knows horror. She's not just like tapping in for a paycheck and tapping out again. Um, you know that's that's where she she's sat and she's happy there. So she she knows what she's up to. I was just trying to look up to see if she, she'd done any directing. I'm pretty certain right. she has. Um, um, I think she did. Prank and a prank and a, yeah yeah so which I haven't seen either prank maybe I'll watch them and then I'll come back with another opinion oh dear we don't know uh, that's all right so yeah I'm really I, I I love this idea of them playing on the idea of the sequel mm. in, of a film when there was no film before it I want it to have like you know those I want I always love a film that involves like you have to consider where you as the viewer are involved in the story. And stuff like that, like just clever filmmaking. But it, it can't be too clever for its own good, you know. Mm-hmm. When it, it just becomes ham-fisted. Well, that's and been you... done before, so we can't we can't be continuously doing that. Like... Yeah. So let's try and get that idea cranking, and it just seems like it might. Yeah, I'm going to follow this one. I'm going to yeah. look into this. Yeah, we're keen. Everyone's keen. We're always keen. Also, I like that our uh, news this week was all lady, all time. All ladies, all day. Excellent, excellent. Okay, let's move into homework. 
Yes, every week me and Jennifer set ourselves a horror movie to watch. And then the next week we go through it scene by scene and spoil the fuck out of it for everyone. We pull it apart. We grab its, you know, arms and pull them off and its legs. Leave it as a torso and then stick our dick into its mouth. I feel that we take a film that you love and we ruin it. Yeah, I really do, eh? Like I, I keep finding I'm putting I'm choosing my films that I love. Yeah. And I just keep on just going, look how bad this bit is. Look how bad this bit is. But even like like not every part of every film can be perfect. So no. and we just go and when you start going through stuff scene for scene, you you start you see you see the sticky tape that it's held together with and how loose it is sometimes. Exactly. Like, and I mean, look, Halloween is what we did this week, 1978. Yeah, is so, it, it is that film. It is it is held together with with sticky tape and all this stuff and do you know what? It fucking works. Yeah, it was great. It works. Let's get into it. So Give us its um its short and curlies. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, um, Halloween, nineteen seventy eight, directed by John Carpenter, screenplay by John Carpenter and Deborah Hill, starring Jamie Lee Curtis in her feature role um, debut. Uh, Donald Pleasance, PJ Souls. It had a budget of between three hundred thousand and three twenty five thousand. Um, and then the fucking box office return was between sixty and seventy. Million. Cha-ching! Yep. That is a winner. That is some dollar-dollar bills, yo. Oh, man. Not even, not even like, half a million dollars this film cost to make, and it made, like, back, like, at minimum, 60 million. That's like, they could see, they could go then and make, like, I don't know, like, how many more versions of that film? How many, what's, what's 300,000 divided into 60 million? That's a lot. <laughs> yeah, like. But, I mean. Twenty five thousand of that, I think, was went straight to Donald Pleasance. That was his for eight days of filming. He got paid twenty five thousand dollars. He is in it a lot. He is. He uh, takes a fair chunk of the screen time. Well, yeah. I'm not going to say fifty percent, but it would be close to that. I reckon. Yeah. Like, all and he the... was on set for like eight days. Yeah, that's, the... that's all it was. So um, they just filmed all his shit straight away. Because when much. you think about it, there's only one scene during where... the day. Also, there's only one scene where he meets another character that's, like, kind of part of the story. All the rest is, could just be shot whenever. Yeah. Like, you know. Yeah, so the scene with the nurse and that was all. Yeah, it could be done anyway. The scene where he's hanging out with the cop and that, that can be done at any time. It was, it was only, like, the Jamie Lee Curtis stuff right at the end kind of stuff. Anyhow, let's not spoil our spoils. No, no. <laughs> so, yeah, like I said, this film had such a small budget that they didn't have money. Like, they were filming in California. This was not shot in Illinois. So, during Halloween, it was actually shot in spring or summer. Um, so, they had to go to craft shops and buy leaves and paint leaves and then spread the leaves around to make it look like it was autumn. But then, because they had no money, they had to go and pick up all the leaves and reuse them in different scenes. We forgot to say our rating system. Oh, no. Do you want to do it quickly? We, yes. Let's go back to our rating system. So, we have a rating system, yes. um, our special television rating system. Go. Yes. So we've got A, awesome, everybody should watch. B, beer and chicken wing group movie. F, for fun and dumb. We've got a C, that is a classic that's worth a, worth a watch. Good. Uh, G, sorry, good for its time but has not held up. We've got the J, the Jen special. The D, the Dan special. We've got the W, whatever. We've got the S, which is shit you should avoid. And we've got the McConaughey, which is the fucking fucked. The, 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 the more than avoid. The, yeah. If you see it, you should sacrifice it to a lesser god. If Basically speaking, if we give anything the McConaughey, just avoid watching it. It's true. Just avoid it. Just avoid it. But then just again, 
Texas Chainsaw Massive Next Generation. Everyone should watch and know how shit it is. Right. Yeah, go watch that film and then come back to us. Ah, back to Halloween. Let's start. Opens with the Halloween theme. Oh, you know, that... that <sighs> this scene. What is it? The uh, the very, you know, the, the the John Carpenter on the bloody keyboard with one finger. Yeah, <laughs> on, yeah, his, on, on his the synth. synth wave. Um, it. Oh my god! It. This is an iconic theme. This is this is the theme. Like, can you name any other theme? Like, I couldn't tell you the Nightmare on Elm Street theme. I couldn't see. Yes, you could. Really? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um. But this is like the so it's like I've always said it's always harder to do something first. He basically coined what horror movie soundtracks were going to be for a long time. That yeah. whole synthy kind of um, minimalistic. Uh, I don't know a lot about music here, so I'm just going to say like stuff like high pitched, <laughs> you know, like striking kind of thing, juxtaposed to like yeah the credits coming yeah. up with a pumpkin, just, just a pumpkin, a, just a jack o' lantern. That's it, a jack-o'-lantern, sorry. <laughs> Pumpkin jack-o'-lantern. Just a slow zoom in on it. Yeah. And then you've got that thing, which I'm, I don't know if that was a real thing in the film, that when it gets to the very end and it's just that shape and that's kind of like a knife with, you know, Michael Myers' face. Yeah. Is that, is that intentional or do fans just see that in it? Well, it's kind of like the movie poster. So if you you know the the classic movie poster, it's like the, the jack-o'-lantern face with the knife. Mm-hmm. If you look at the hand, you can see a screaming face in that hand. Oh, so I, just, I didn't know that. You pick up on all these things as you're as you're watching it, and and all these horror fans like, I mean, we we don't have anything better to do with our li- with our lives than like really analyze and watch these films. So people are picking out shit left, right, and center that the filmmakers are putting in as Easter eggs for the fans. I love it. Oh, I've lost the internet, but it doesn't matter because we're recording this show not live. Yes. <laughs> um. So yeah, it opens to that. Um, and and, and a, as a play on the new Halloween when they redid that and it was the same vibe but the pumpkin decomposing. Yeah. I thought that was really cool. Like, yeah. To see, because as I said, oh, I'm going to, also as well, I'm going to admit, I hadn't seen this film. I had skipped this film. This was that my first me. viewing ever of this film. So I kind of wish we watched it together now. Yeah. Well, I was looking at it with new eyes. Um, I know where, what it represents within the horror, uh, horror genre and mm. so I was watching it with... I suppose criticism, just going like, okay, this is where slasher horror started. This yeah. is the big birth of slasher horror. Let's see how it birthed out. Birthed out? Yep, let's, <laughs> let's go with that. Gushed into the world. Um, so it opens in 1963. Yes. With a POV, P-P? POV um, shot of, uh, you know, of uh, someone looking through the eyes of a killer, which I assume was the first time this has ever been done. Um, no, there was a movie, uh, which called Peeping Tom in the sixties. Oh, okay. That was, that whole film was basically shot, um, in POV. Yeah. Well, that would have been horrible if this whole film was POV. Yeah. Right. But yeah, so POV shot of someone stalking a house. Um, they come across a mask. They pick it up. They put the mask actually onto the camera. It looks like. So we're only, we have limited view just seeing through two eye holes from out of a clown mask. Was it? Or something? Yeah. It's a, it's a little clown mask. Little clown mask. Yeah. What's going on? We don't know. Why yeah. is this person doing this? Nobody knows. It's fantastic. This, this whole scene. So it, it is basically shot like it's a long shot, but it's not. There's like three edit points in it. So like, Basically, they're looking through the window at this girl who's making out with her boyfriend. Yeah, oh, like, dastardly. Let's go upstairs. And in that time, like, 
they walk around, they go into the house, they go into the kitchen, they pick up a knife and they're walking out of the kitchen towards the stairs. This is the POV person doing this, yeah. Yep, the POV person doing this. And this this whole scene, this whole long shot takes 79 seconds. Think about that. So 79 seconds before you hear the guy go, okay, I'm leaving. 79. They've gone Oh, yeah, yeah. I thought steps. that. 79 seconds. I, maybe. Cool. Maybe he just suddenly realized that the game was on and he bailed. <laughs> maybe. Maybe he's a one and done. Maybe he doesn't have a penis. Maybe he does Kendall. Doesn't. He was Who pretty Ken. Knows? Yes, he was. So, was it, do you reckon this is the start of the rules of horror slashing? Although that you can't have because before this, there wouldn't have been like the the kids having sex no, and getting killed. This was like there's no real rules here. Like this is this is the film that's setting everything up mm. for us. Um, and I mean, there's I could spend hours talking about this film and talking about the history and how this film has like set everything else up. But I won't do that because everyone will get. It was good because I knew. It was one of the first to do everything. So seeing all these yeah. shots. And the weird thing straight away is what I thought is that these shots still look legitimately just like the shots that they're doing now. Like yeah. the the angles, like the thing. Number one, the ver- uh, the one I watched on was like this beautiful widescreen, crystal clear version. It was such a nice um, a Blu-ray or whatever they're called. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah. I w- so straight away so I know. spoiled. Yeah, straight away I noticed how nice this film looked. I was just like, ooh. Yeah. Ooh, ooh, very nice. Mm-hmm. Ooh, very well framed. Like, you know what I mean? I was like, this is this is looking good straight away. Yeah. Anyhow, so we, we, we see the boy the, the boyfriend leave the house after 79 sex of sexy ti- <laughs> at sex, seconds of sexy time. Oh, dear. Um, go upstairs, we see naked sister mm-hmm. brushing her hair. Yep. Because, you know. She's just sitting there naked brushing her hair. That's... Get the boobs. Right, so it's number one, tick, boobs, boobs. done. We've got boobs. We've done it. We have all we have all the teenagers in the room yep. paying attention. Oh yes. We have the girls criticizing their own bodies. Yep. And we have the guys criticizing their, their bulges in their pants. <laughs> yes. Um, and then it cuts to well, it doesn't cut because it's still a, we're in a long shot. Uh, there's some stabbing. Yeah. So still she turns around. She's like, Michael, what are you doing? Get out. And then stabbing motion. And then she gets killed. We assume. Um, and then it cuts to like family coming home, yeah. mum and dad, and this kid like, standing outside in a clown costume, holding a knife, a bloody knife, and they yeah. they're like Michael. So it's Michael. not from his point of view anymore. No. It's gone back to normal. And it's this little tiny kid. We realised we didn't know that before. We thought yeah. it was just a killer. It it's was like a- this six year old kid or something. Uh, they take off the mask. We get this face of this you know little blue eyed blonde haired sweet child looking into the void. Looking into the void. He is. Not looking at it. He's not moving. He's emotionless. What happened to him? Nothing. The kid went on to become a real estate agent. He did no further acting. So that's what he was looking into. He's looking into his future going, oh, it's my life now. <laughs> but what, what, why did he, was he, I want to know, was Michael before that night, was he a normal kid? Well, no. So here's the thing. John Carpenter has stated that there is, no information. So this film was not intended to have a sequel. This was a one-off. As a one, film. it was going to be just an idea. So John Carpenter basically set it up as, you cannot relate to Michael. We have no information. We don't know what his childhood was like. We don't know what 
he's he was like he's, he did he have friends was he bullied we know nothing we cannot relate to him in any way shape or form which is what makes him makes him so foreign so sort of like terrifying you know whereas like with with Freddie we get a backstory with Jason we've got a story there is nothing there is nothing for this kid yeah. nothing and yeah we cut to modern day 1978 the year yeah. I was born oh <laughs> yeah I was coming out of a vaginal shaft when this came out. <laughs> um, so yeah, and we and so straight away I was like 1978, nice, nice. <laughs> so and we get a, a doctor and a nurse. All right, we're just gonna yeah, doctor. Yeah. yeah. So we're we're introduced to Doctor Loomis, played by old mate Donald Pleasance. Um, he he monologues a lot in this film. It's good. So he's monologuing about Michael. So he's giving a little bit of information, but there's still no information about his him as a kid. It's just like I met this child however many years ago. He there was nothing behind his eyes. There was nothing to him. He is just pure evil. Yeah, kind of thing. He's a manifestation of just pure evil. And he's yeah. telling this to a nurse for some reason. They're driving to the facility that is holding Michael. Yes, and to, and it was to move him. Was that right? Yeah. So they were basically taking him to a court appearance where that he was basically just trying to get him locked up for the rest of his life. There was going to be just, no rehabilitation, no nothing. It was just like, you can't kill him, we'll lock him up. Put him away, do not open, like, throw away the key, that's it, he's done. He's pure evil, he's beyond rehabilitation. Yes. So, we get that and all of a sudden there's a whole bunch of just, uh, uh, what are they called? Inmates. Inmates. Just Institutionalized a- inmates just walk around in the paddock. Yeah. And right. the nurse is like, well, they give them a lot of freedom. He's like, hang on here. Something ain't right. And then they stop the car and she's like, he's like, stop here. And she goes, shouldn't I just drive out to the place? He's like, yes, you should have. Yeah. But there is no reason to we stop here. We wouldn't have here. had this problem. So uh, old mate doctor gets out. He goes to check something. Um, and then we get, from what I know, this is a, an urban legend. So this is this is one of those urban legends where you know the the old urban legend where you're driving that you know oh, I heard somewhere around here there was like a mental asylum and that the people broke down and then they had remember there was like the dripping and the thud on the roof yep. and it was the head and all that the so you get this thing with like the, the dude jumps up onto the roof of the car and like thud thud thuds and went oh it's the urban legend might might be it might have been where it originally came from this is seventy eight this is like yeah way before way before urban legends probably um probably not actually. But um, yeah, no, and I didn't pick that. That was Michael on the roof. Okay, yeah. So we get this like first glance of there is. Uh, she gets a a startle because a prisoner jumps over the bonnet of the car, um, which we will find out it is Michael Myers. Um, so he jumps on the car, um, tries to pull her out of the car through the open window. No, he smashes the window with his hand. He, he does smashes that. Yeah. After. Oh, okay. So she like. There's like a bit of a struggle. Um, she goes over to the other side of the car with the windows rolled up. We get this hand come down, smashes the window, basically pulls her out of the car. He jumps in, steals the car, drives off. What does the doc? Yeah, and then we just see Michael driving off in yeah. the distance, and then the doctor going, "Shit!" He's like, "Oh fuck!" What does he do then? I guess he just walks to the mental institution after that in the yeah, rain. He, he would. That's that's all he can do. Then we cut to um, daytime. Yes. Where is it? Haddonfield. Haddonfield. Um, we're introduced to a new character, Laurie, played by um, uh, Jamie Lee, Lee Curtis. I'm just going to say that she looked old in this film. Liz was saying that. She's like, she has always looked 
old. I'm like, and her voice 70s. is so low that she sounds like an adult. Yes. So she's juxtaposed to these kids that are probably her age. No. But, wait, who, who, how old is she? So here's, the fu- here's a fun fact for you. Oh, dear. All my fun facts. Um, so Jamie Lee Curtis, when she filmed this, she was 19 years old. She was the only teenager on set. Right. All of the other girls were in their like early to mid 20s. 20s. Wow. So yeah. it's a flip on that. Yeah. Because I thought you were going to say she's actually older and no. playing a younger person. She was the youngest She one. She still has Jamie Lee Curtis's uh, sounding voice, yep. that real low she is string bean thin. Oh, yeah. String bean. She's, She's like, so thin. She has like, you know, what are they? Uh, she has no curves to her whatsoever. She is like that full 70s She's a bean look. pole. Yeah, bean pole. She wears cardigans. Yep. <laughs> like, <laughs> and grey stockings. Yeah, yeah. She's uh, made her into the... It's kind of like she's just really not a sex symbol. She, no. you know, she's, she's trying to be. She's just, not meant to be a sex symbol. Where the other girls are all like, you know, they're all scantily clad. Not they're, scantily clad. They're like they're promiscuous. They are at, in how they think, and she's just like, no, nah, I'm just gonna babysit instead of do shit. Yeah, she's. I do. I don't like one of her friends. So like, we are interest uh, introduced to uh, a little bit later. Uh, so we get to meet the girls. Um, so there's Annie and Linda. And I really don't like Annie, and I'm so glad that she fucking dies. Good. I love it. So interesting to her. She is um, tasked with dropping off keys to Michael Myers' house because her dad must be a real estate agent mm-hmm. and they want to sell it. She's cool with that. And then we get uh, the opening of this cool, like, and then it turns into a period piece for me. And I was like, wicked. It mm-hmm. reminded me of Dazed and Confused. Yep. Uh, it was well acted, and it was just like a window into looking at not, into the – 1978 and how people acted and what they did. And I was fine with watching it even without the horror element. Yep. I was just like, I just want to see how people lived in right? And it was, you see how they dressed, how they talked, like stuff was happening. And it just seemed really accurate to like, well, that, life. That's what it was. That's what it's, it's suburban. And then it's suburban horror because we've got this whole idea. Um, Cause that's what a lot of this late seventies and eighties, horror was was it was all suburban because this was at like the peak times of the the moral panic so the horror rather than being like a road movie or rather than it being like invaders from outer space um it it's in your backyard literally in your backyard yeah um and if you notice throughout the film he just walks in and out of houses because nobody locks their doors no one had to lock their doors back then yeah it that's something i've put in there so it starts with like Michael starts stalking Laurie's little brother at first. It's not her little brother. It's the kid that she's babysitting. Kid that she's babysitting. There's no reason for him stalking at this point because he doesn't kill kids. No, he doesn't. So why is he stalking that kid at this time? We just don't know because we don't understand him because he doesn't make any sense. It's true. So she rocks up to the house. Um, Tommy's – we're introduced to Tommy. She's – babysitting him that night um and he's like you can't go to the Myers house it's the spook house you can't go there and she's like watch me i don't care she goes up and of course this is when michael's driving by so he was clearly going home he was going to his home and she just happened to be there and that's it he saw her at the house wrong place wrong time well i always thought that like, because she was at the house and he came home he was just like like confused her with his sister and Possibly. so he has to kill her yeah people also i don't know um, so yeah, that was the other thing. Like, Michael was just driving around town in a car. Oh, majority of this film was set in the day. Yes. So like, it, it's only, it only ramps up night at the end. So you've just got Michael cruising in a car. Yeah. Like he seriously, he's got his mask on. Yep. 
He's got his gear. He looks like Michael Myers, but it is Halloween, yeah. so you can get away with like looking like a weirdo. Convenient. This film was actually meant to be set over like a three-day period, but um, time and budgetary constraints, they basically sort of went, well, shit, okay, well, how are we going to do this? Well, what's the scariest night of the year? Halloween. Bam. One night. Done. Oh, so it wasn't even going to be in Halloween. It was just going to be a crazy yeah. guy. That That's good. But yeah. The idea of him just driving around and it was just heaps of shots of like a car driving past in the background or foreground and just people looking at it and just him just like with his hand on the wheel just looking at them and driving like there's, I mean, what is this, Hindley Street on a Friday night? Just cruising. <laughs> the only thing he needed was his like doof doof music. Just oh, like. Someone should just like edit that into it. Like for YouTube videos. <laughs> I'm sure going, someone boom, somewhere boom, has. Boom, 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 boom. Yeah, Michael. <laughs> it's the Halloween theme that just turned up with real bass. So that's the first thing I noticed is that like usually with these like slasher films, the main baddie or slasher is kind of more hidden. He he, he makes a real um, effort to not be seen. Michael did not care if people saw him in this. He was no. just standing out on the street a lot of the time. He was just like, he was just anywhere. He was like, you know. You were, uh, there were two characters having a conversation, and he's just in the background. Yeah. And I'm like, he's behind, he's in the background. He's just standing there, just in the day, on the footpath. Yeah. Like, he's outside of the school. Like, she's sitting in school, like, learning shit. She looks out the window, he's just standing there. Looking at her. Doesn't care. No one's going to... It's Halloween. He's... Okay, no one's going to question it. Yeah. It's like he's a... He doesn't even know that he's kind of, like, haunting her or mm. fearing her. He's just, he's just checking her out. He's just like, look at her. I'm going to look at her. Um, yeah, and you get all these shots of him, like, you know, hiding behind hedges or in the clothesline and stuff like that. It's yeah. funny. Um, yeah, I just I just really like the slow burn of, like, what's Laurie's day like? Yeah. How does... Uh, it's just a mundane day. She goes to school. She comes home. She goes to babysitting. Yeah, yeah. I, it, I just really liked it. And, and as I said, like, it was extremely well cut. It looked beautiful. The shots made sense. There was no bad editing. The sound was good. Like, you just like, so none of those things I put me off the film. And for a 1978 film, which is a, a horror slasher, I was expecting to have some bad cuts, dodgy audio. But this was just like, this was like on like poltergeist level of yeah. goodness. Like, of like, as in what it looked like. Yeah. There are some bits I didn't like, but we will get into them. We will get into them. That's fine. Um. So, yeah. So, he's... Like we said, you know, she's at school. He's stalking her outside at school. Then all of a sudden we cut to Tommy. Tommy's at school. He's got his big old pumpkin because he's going to carve pumpkins with Laurie that night. Um, again, because this film was shot in California during like the spring or summer, there were no pumpkins around. It was really hard for them to get hold of pumpkins. Oh, really? Yes. So I'm pretty certain they had like maybe two pumpkins on set. And they're like, you cannot touch these pumpkins. They cost us a fortune. Just don't do it. I wonder if like, because whenever they showed a pumpkin, it was just the same pumpkin move to that shot. Quite possibly. <laughs> um, and then of course we set, this scene sets up how they call him the boogeyman. So Tommy's there. He's with his pumpkin. There's three bullies and they're like, the boogeyman's going to get you. Well, the boogeyman's gonna get you, Tommy. He's no, like, no, he won't. He's, he's like, not don't right. you know what Hall Halloween is? Yeah, we go get candy. It's like, yeah, that's when the boogeyman comes and gets you. So of course, we, Michael's standing outside the gate watching all this happen. Almost that nearly implies, I thought that almost gave Michael a backstory that that happened to him. That's what I got from right, that possibly. scene. Like, that 
he because he was sympathizing with the kid because he had been bullied and maybe that that's what I got from I don't know if that's what it is but if John Carpenter had said no no you know nothing about him maybe yeah. it wasn't that maybe it was just uh, bringing the idea of the boogeyman because they do keep referring to the boogeyman in yeah. this but yeah I mean it's it's just super well done because I mean you know there is no back we don't and it's it is so unfortunate that the backstory for Michael Myers comes later on and it's just just really bad. The the cult stuff and Oh uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know any of that. No. Um then we also it cuts to the doctor and back he's Back to Loomis. Yeah, he's back Doctor Loomis, he's at a cemetery with some dude. It's this this weird conversation about like the guy's just saying some urban legend or something like that. Is this where so and he stole, Michael has stolen his mum's grave. His sister's grave, yeah. Sister's grave, sorry. Yeah. I've written mum up here. Is this the one, so, because that, I think that one comes later. Oh, does it? A little bit later on. Because so, it cuts to Loomis so many times. Because Loomis is forever on the phone and warning people and he's like, you can't, like, he's coming. Yeah, so, so yeah. He's like on the side of the road in a phone booth because there are phone booths on the side of the road in the middle of but fuck nowhere. There are in America though. Really? Yeah. Crazy. Back in that back back in the that old days, like phone booths were everywhere. Yeah, um, so he's on the phone and he's just like trying to talk to the sheriff. He's like, "He's coming. I don't know when. I don't know where, but I can guarantee." They're like, "Shut up, Tom coming. Atkins! Stop yelling at me again." This was Tom Atkins before Tom Atkins. <laughs> um, and then, of course, he finds the abandoned truck, which has so Michael's clearly killed the guy in the truck because we see him in the. How bushes. good is it? Like he, uh, you know, he's making this trip from wherever to. To, to Michael's uh, town. Yep. You know, it's a road trip basically, and he stops at a phone booth, and it just so happens like he gets so out the phone booth and just looks like, "What's oh, that truck doing there's there?" There's a truck. Yeah, Hello. yeah. I thought oh, it's fine. It's an old horror movie. It's fine. It's fine. Um, so yeah. So then he goes and sees this old like it's obviously a mechanic's truck. The mechanic is like laying in the bushes off screen, naked. So oh, he's taking the mechanic's outfit. Oh dear. Like, oh, you know. I didn't get that. Oh. Is that why he's dressed? In- I thought the blue, that his blue outfit was just the inmate outfit. No, because if you notice, he was wearing like one of the the inmate robes. So he was just in a. Yeah, because like, at that point, gown. I didn't know it was Michael. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, so, yeah I I just like so I, he was I just like, in a hospital gown, and he's found someone. He's killed them. He's changed the suit. Yeah, because. Um, I don't know if we'll get to it later. They talk about his mask as well. Um, yeah. Yeah. So Do- Dr. Loomis is like his whole, uh, yeah, up until the point, his whole part in the film is just him trying to get to the end scene. Yes. Like he's on a traveling Wilburys like, adventure. <laughs> um, but yeah. So, a- anyhow. Well, and then he goes, at one point he goes to a cemetery. I don't know why he went here. Cause he's like. I want to go see what was the, what was the lady's name like? Someone Myers, Anna Myers, Amanda Myers, Judith, Judith Myers. Judith Myers. Who was Amanda? Annie was the girl that I don't like. Oh, no, Amanda was Amanda Kruger the other night. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Last week. Um. So yeah, I mean, yeah, like he he's just investigating because he he knows, like he knows this kid, he knows. So he's he's going to all the places he think he would go to. So he yeah. goes to his sister's grave. Yeah. And he steals the gravestone. And how good is the reaction to the guy? These damn kids. These damn kids every year stealing this. Gra- is that one gravestone that they'd steal every year? Because or it's like. Who's ever stolen a gravestone? I think that They're like is- a ton. Well, yeah, A, they're really heavy. And B, it's so disrespectful. 
Oh, it's not even disrespectful. Like, you you I've just never even thought about stealing a gravestone. I've never heard of a gravestone getting stolen. No, damaged, yes. Damaged, I used to, there was a lot of vandalism. Yeah, but, but stolen, like, stole no. it. Like, I feel that that is just a level of disrespect that just don't do that. Yeah. Don't do that, guys. Um, next, so then we get Laurie and Lindsay. Um, Linda. So Laurie and Linda are oh, leaving. I've got a school. Lindsay in my notes. Lindsay's oh, the little girl. Lindsay's the little girl that she ends up babysitting because Annie shirks her responsibilities. Oh, oh to go no, I've got all my names mixed up. There's too many L names. It's fine. So who was the girl she's driving with? So she. So it cuts to the school. School's over. There. Um. She's talking with Linda, played by PJ Souls, who, if you notice, says totally. A number of times. She says totally 11 times throughout this film. Totally. Totally. Uh, So if you ever want to make a drinking game out of that, just drink every time she says totally. Totally. You'll feel okay after a while. Glug, glug, glug. Um, So then we meet the rest of the girls. So there's basically it's three girls. So you've got Linda, Laurie, and Annie, who's a sack of shit. Um, And they're just talking about like... Prom, boys... Standard girl talk. It was basically a, a, a Quentin Tarantino girl scene from <laughs> Death Proof. Sure. That a, a it, it really reminded me of that. And I'm like, it was just a bunch of girls. But it didn't annoy me that much because it was really solidifying who each character was and their, um, their, their aspects of how they deal with sex and stuff yeah. and like who yeah. they are and who's going to get killed, so obviously. Laurie's clearly, she's the boring one. She's not really interested in that kind of thing. She's focusing on her studies. Annie and Linda, however, are just, they don't really care about school. They're thinking about sex. Yeah. Which is why they die. This is basically another period piece scene where we just get to see how uh, 1978 girls uh, hang out and what do they do. Yeah. Um, and then I've got like, the. so then we got introduced to the cop. Yeah. So then we are introduced to Sheriff Brackett. Which is, what's his name's dad? Yes, Annie's dad. Annie's dad? Yeah. Um, he, is this the point where he's... This is a bit where he explains to um, the doctor, uh, Dr. Loomis explains to him about Michael, gives him the whole backstory of like... Because there's so many, it cuts to Loomis so many times and it's like, okay, it cuts to Loomis, he's outside the police office. So then it cuts... I've just, I've just cut out a lot of the Loomis cutbacks because like, a lot of them are just like, they're irrelevant. Yeah. Well, we get it. He's look. He, Loomis, the whole film, is looking for Jason. He's trying to... He's hanging out at spots he thinks he might come. And that's all he's doing. Yep. Is um, where he's hiding in a bush for ages? Yeah, that seems iconic. <laughs> he's he's standing... He just... He steps... He's, like, standing out just off to the side of this, this shrubbery. Scare, scare some kids away. Yeah, I would. Shrubbery. Shrubbery. Um, yeah, yeah, we get a scene where Dr. Loomis is explaining to the cop, like, you know, he, like, you know... There was nothing behind his eyes. He's the personification of pure evil. He's coming to your town. Your town will, everyone will be murdered within the next, tomorrow. there will be no tomorrow, my bit. Come on. Come on, mate. There's only 12 hours in, you know, a night. Uh, Then it cuts to Lindsay babysitting. I think we've already up to. Yeah, so uh, Annie's picked up Laurie. They're smoking weed in the car on the way to their babysitting job, and oh, that, and they meet their dad. Yeah, so they're uh, they're driving, smoking weed, listening to "Don't Fear the Reaper" by Blue Oyster Cult, and Michael's following behind them. Yeah, he's just like really cruising cool. behind them, doing doughy. They're doing la- doing what? R- laps, <laughs> laps, lappies. Yep. Uh, they rock up to this blockies. Hut. 
<laughs> That's what they call doing blockies. Oh, he's, just, yeah. he's doing blockies all until it runs out of petrol, I reckon. Yeah. That's what you do. Uh, they rock up to where there's like this crowd. There's an alarm going off. It's like a hardware store that's been broken into. Um, they're like, shit, my dad. Get rid of the weed. He does not notice that they're smoking weed. Like, Yeah, wind down the window. You just smell weed. That shit lingers. Stinky winks. Or is my understanding of weed. Oh, I've seen weed on television before and it stank. Right. Uh, <laughs> um, he explains that someone broke into the hardware store, stole some knives, some rope and a Halloween mask. Okay, like, the oh. rope was never used. No. Like, there was no reason to make... Unless they had a scene where they were going to tie someone up or something, but I, I don't think they... Well... Although, there was... The boy was hanging... Bob's hanging upside down in the end. Yeah, but you never see any rope. No. You never know I, how... We, we can only assume that he's used rope for this. That's true. <laughs> but, yeah, I thought it was weird that they mentioned rope and I never like yeah. noticed rope ever in a scene ever after that. So, he gets the mask yep. from there, yep. which is a William Shatner mask, isn't it? It is. So... You know how the internet has ruined uh, our lives? With fun facts? With fun facts. I, we've had this conversation before. Like, there are certain things before the internet came along. Like, you just pick up this random information that made you seem really cool to other people. Yeah. And that was one of my random informations is like, did you know that the Halloween mask was actually a Captain Kirk William Shatner mask that they painted white and just hollowed out the eyes a little bit more and took out the eyebrows? And people would be like, really? I didn't know that. I just had hair as well. Yeah. Yeah. I, oh, well, I didn't know that. I didn't look it up. You told me. <laughs> See, these are all my fun facts and you just Google anything on the internet now. You know everything in five seconds. I don't look cool anymore. I just look like a chump. Mm, we still got our horror ones. It's true. Um, so yeah, so then we, um, what do we do now? Because okay. there's a part where they're watching the thing I've written in here. Yes. So, uh, basically we, we set up for this whole, like, uh, they're babysitting, Annie's babysitting three, three doors down from Yeah, Lori. across the road. Yeah. I'm like, that, so you've got two teenage girls, right? Yeah. Both babysitting across the road from each other. Why wouldn't you just do it in one house? Well, as we know, because they were having their lady chats. So, Laurie's looking after Tommy and Annie is preparing for Linda and Bob to come over so that they can fuck around in the house. Yeah, some weird it's, ideas. It's basically yeah. like I'm babysitting your Someone kids else's so that I can house. have sex in your house. Yeah. Which is gross. So, what you did in 78. Cool. That's fine. Yeah, so we get like... So, uh, yeah, this has all been set up. So they're, they're off in their little separate areas. Um, you know, Laurie's kind of a bit like, well, I guess everyone's going to have a good night but me. And so we got, Yeah, and they're watching The Thing. Yeah. Like the original thing. The Thing from Another Planet. Yeah. Which John Carpenter does re- later remake as The Thing. And so her name's Linda, isn't it? The other girl that's across yeah. the road. So then Linda spills like two drops... Of liquid on her clothes. Oh, and has... this one's Annie. Oh, Annie. Yeah. Oh, man. There's so many girls. That's fine. And I've got all their names wrong in my notes. Yeah. Annie does a terrible spill of, like, she spills butter on her clothes. Like a tiny like bit a of butter drop. from the popcorn. So she has to take everything off. Has to take everything off and then has this lengthy scene of her trying, like, washing the clothes, yeah. like, naked, running around, washing the clothes, getting stuck in windows. <laughs> She's such a chump. Like, I don't... I legitimately just wanted her to die. And she gets locked in the... Out- uh, so they've got like a, an outdoor laundry, mm. um, which was a thing in the early 70s and stuff like that, like outdoor toilets and outdoor laundries. She gets locked in the laundry. You can't get locked in a thing. 
So because you have the lock on the out on the inside. Yeah. Like, there's a like something up against the door. No, because the, the young girl just comes out and unlocks it from the outside. Am I? And I've written in my notes. How do you get locked into a room? Yeah. <laughs> Anyhow, <laughs> doesn't matter. She gets locked in because she's yeah. an idiot. Yeah, she is. She's terrible. I hate her. And uh, yeah, this is what I've written. Well, they're both sitting across the road from each other. Why didn't they just do it together? <laughs> but well, now you've explained it. Laurie wanted to concentrate on babysitting and she didn't want any sexy games. No. But yeah. Anyhow, then we get our first kill. Yes. 54 minutes in. 54 minutes in. So Annie's basically like her boyfriend's called up. He wasn't originally coming over because he'd been grounded. Um, he's called up and he's like, come get me. We can like, you know, fuck all night. Um, so she's like, okay, well. Yeah, fuck all night at this for 79 house seconds. that you're babysitting for. Which yeah. Seems so faux pas. It does. Um, so she's like organizing. So she takes Lindsay over to Laurie. Laurie's now stuck with two kids and Annie is gone off to go get her keys to get in the car. She gets in the car. Why is it all foggy in the car? Bam. Michael. Behind the... From the back seat. Strangled. Like reverse strangle. Mm. Reach around strangle. <laughs> At least uh, she did get a reach around that night. Ooh. Uh, yeah, so straight away I was like, okay, this is the caliber of what the kills are going to look like in this film. So I'm like, I'm not expecting any, you know, like like Jason Voorhees stabbing a dude in the back and then folding a folding bed up on them and stuff. You know what I mean? Like... So this movie didn't realise the uh, the the love of the kills yet that people were going to get like that. No, I mean, it, and, and that you didn't have to be creative. Uh, at this point, there were no slashes, so he didn't yeah. go like, "Oh, I need to be creative with my kills." It could have been more, but also because John Carpenter had done Assault on Precinct Thirteen, and he had received a lot of backlash of for how gruesome and violent the deaths. Were. Were. So he really toned it down for this film. This film is still rated R, though. There's no reason. There is no reason for this film to be rated R. Because, like, I watched this film when I was... I, I would have been maybe 10 years old. Yeah. And my mum had to come with me to the the video shop to rent it because it was R-rated. There was no need for it. Yeah. So he just she just gets strangled. Yeah. The end, which is basically just what happens to every kind of person. You either get strangled or you get strangled and then maybe a stab. Yeah. Which you don't see the stab either. It's always like a showing from another yeah. angle. You kind can of hear it. Psycho you style. You hear it happening. You don't see it. Um. So the first 50, yeah, 54 minutes, I was still massively entertained the whole film yeah. up until this point. Like, which is nice to know that I'm not just watching it for the kills. Yeah. And you're really not watching it for the kills, this film. You're watching it. I was watching it for just, like, the coolness of what was happening. Um, yeah. Um, <laughs> Lindsay gets killed in the car, strangled, then cut, I think. <laughs> like, you didn't really... It was really awkward. Something... That, there is, like, a jolt. So yeah. I am assuming she gets stabbed. Really weird. It didn't really show yeah. it. Like, I, they probably wanted to do it a bit more full on, but thought, like, oh, no, we should, like, really... Yeah. You know. So um, we get some new characters. Yes, well... Uh, Linda comes back with the new boyfriend, Bob. Also, before we do that, I kind of like there is a scene again with Loomis, just very briefly. He's he's at the Mike the Myers house with the sheriff, and they're talking. He does another monologue, but this is like the iconic um, Loomis monologue that is used throughout the other films um, as like homage to this film when they overlay it. So yeah. this yeah, so this is like where he's like does the whole spiel, the Michael Myers spiel. Um, but 
later on, so before we cut to the Linda and Bob scene, because um, Loomis is hanging out at the Myers house, the three kids that were bullying Tommy from earlier on, they come up and they're like, do it, ring the bell. And he's like, the boogeyman will get you. And he's in the bushes and he's just looking at them and he just goes, oi, get your ass off the front porch. And the kids like shit their pants and run away. And it just comes to him standing there with his like so little, little accomplished smile. Like, okay, I'm meant to be working. A lot of really bad things are happening, but that was really fun. And I was like, oh, that's adorable. Yeah. Oh, I, like, I saved those kids' lives. I am the hero. <laughs> I am the hero today. I am the hero. If, no, if, if tomorrow everyone gets killed, at least those kids live for a one more night <laughs> because of me and my voice. <laughs> Uh, so sorry uh, so we do cut back to Linda and Bob they've come into the house and he's not there and they're like what the fuck we should find a note yeah, so he's so like yeah let's make out on the couch yeah so Linda uh, what's his name Bob 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 come who are visiting their friend who is babysitting someone else in a, a weird house she's not there and they're like instead of going oh this is weird let's go they're like let's just have a fuck but- in someone else's house in their bed yeah upstairs and then we get what may be the worst sex scene of all time. Oh my god! It, it goes for like two seconds. It does. It's bad. It's work bad looking. And I was like, I thinking to myself, I'm watching, going, oh man, this is the worst sex scene. Yeah. He rolls off of it and she goes, "That was fantastic." <laughs> and I was like, "No, it wasn't." I mean, like, no. does anyone in this film know how to have sex for but more I mean, than more than one minute? They're six. They're seventeen. So yeah, they probably did think that was fantastic. And it was seventy-eight. Yeah. So. She's probably pregnant now. <laughs> it's 1978. They yep. don't know about anything. So they're sitting there. They're, they're having their after their pre-coital uh, cigarette. She has a cigarette. Yeah, straight yep. up. Fag out. She's done. Like, it's like, you should go get me a beer. Oh, I was just thinking you should get me a beer. And then, you know, so Bob like gets up and Goes he's to get like, a beer. And the immortal line, I'll be right back. I'll be right back. He's yeah. not back. No, he gets stabbed up by Michael mm. against a wall. Yeah. So I thought it was pretty good. So this one was probably the best death. Mm. Michael grabs him with one arm, holds him up against the wall and lifts him up so he's off the ground, implying that Michael Myers is clearly stronger than a normal human. Yep. And then he just basically just rams a, a, a carving knife uh, straight, straight into him and it pins him to the wall. Yeah. Which wouldn't happen, but it's fine. Um, and then, but you get this amazing shot of just Michael Myers for just ages staring at the like, body, doing the puppy dog head move. Yeah. Like just that looking. That became iconic. Yeah. So that I went powerful. I like saw <laughs> it and went like, who would have thought of doing that in 1978? He's yeah. just sitting there. It's one like, you know, static shot of just like this staring at his own work of this guy up against the wall. Almost being perplexed on what is going on. Well, like, just think about, like, so the first time he killed someone, he would have been, like, what, six, either six or eight years old. He's not, he's been institutionalized since then. This is his first time out and about killing again. So he's killed, I mean, we can presume that he's killed animals and done that. that he killed the trucker man. Creepy lead up. But, like, now he's killing. So he's sort of, this is his, his craft now. He's, like. I can do if I so what what would happen if I stab this guy here? Oh, that's what's going to happen if I stab that guy there. Interesting. Mm, mm. Like so, he's probably just sort of having a bit of a think to himself. Like, hmm, that's what happens. Yeah, okay I, I loved it. I thought it was like probably the strongest shot in the whole film. Yeah, and it's 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 an iconic scene that was used in Scream. So if you can like remember Scream when they're all at the house party close to the end of the film. They're watching Halloween. These are the scenes, like the key scenes that they're using. Yeah. So that was one of them. 
Then we get uh, he, Jason Rock's back up to the girl who's naked still in bed and he's yeah. dressed as a ghost. He's, he's Ghost Bob now. He's got a, sh- a white sheet on and Bob's glasses, which is fantastic. It is a tattoo plan of mine for one, one day in my life. I just feel that it's he so wouldn't good. have done that. Like, as, as Michael Myers, he, because he is, he is nothing inside. He doesn't even care that you see him on the road and it's stuff. It's true. It is a bit of a, it's a, it's Ghost Bob psych out. Yeah, like, like, there's no, I don't, I, I feel Jason, uh, Jason, and Michael Bye. as a character wouldn't have the know-how to go, I'll dress up as him and stand and scare her because... Mm. Uh, one scene before, you were just seeing this, the the simplicity of his mindset, yep. and the next scene, I, I I thought that kind of ruined it for me. I was like, oh no, no, he's like, he's, well, could he's be do- the possibility he's doing some comedy because like while they were having sex, and I use that term very loosely, um, he was in the room. You saw him shadow over them, so he's. It it could be like a whole. He's like, I'm look, I'm here, I'm Bob. Now I get sex. <laughs> Maybe. That, yeah, a simplified down version. Like he's like, if I'm Bob, I get sex. Yeah, or it could have been something as simple as if I walk in there like this, because he's not going to go charging in, grabbing her by the throat and killing her. He'll walk in slowly. She'll see him coming. She'll get up. She'll jump out the window. There is potential for her to get away from him. I don't feel he has like. I don't think he has plays like that in his no. head. Like his plans, because as I said, he just stands in the middle of the road and looks at people. He does. Uh, anyhow, we can ignore that. It happened. It does. Anyhow, she gets up and then she basically just gets strangled with flashes a phone cord. Boobs. So she flashes her boobs and she's like, why are you standing there? Like, come back to bed. Like, do you see anything you like? And he's like, doesn't say anything. She's, this is creepy. Like, fuck this. I'm going to call Laurie and see where Annie is. She gets up, still boobs out on the phone. And then he comes over and basically just strangles her with a phone cord. Yeah. Once again, quite a, a tame kill. Yeah. Um, none of the kills, apart from the stabbing, like, they just don't look like they're getting strangled, these people, because no. they're not. And, of course, but, she's on the phone with Laurie at this time, and Laurie just thinks she's like, oh, great. Like, they haven't seen you know, I'm just having, hear you having sex. That's, that's not what I want to hear. Uh, gross. So they're done. Then uh, we get... <laughs> then we get Dr. Loomis hanging out in the front of like, Jason's house, still in a bush, looks over and just sees the car across the road. And I'm like, you've been there for eight hours. That is so convenient. Look, there's a car over there. There's my car. That How got did stolen. I not notice this before? But I was like, come on, Loomis. <laughs> what are you? Are you really, do you really have a PhD in anything? I think he was walking around the neighborhood at this point. I don't think he was still outside the mine. No, he was. he was. Was he? Yeah, he just, he was in the bush and he's like, oh. Maybe I'll, maybe, you know, I'm going to go, like, he took, like, two steps and saw the car. <laughs> maybe like, he doesn't have very good peripheral vision. Yeah, true. Maybe he should have been wearing his glasses because he wasn't. But also, like, as the cop rolls up, he's like, I found the car. It's over there. I'm going this way. You need to go this. And the cop's like, okay. Well, the cop was very uh, dubious. He was yeah. very sceptical on the whole thing that even Michael Myers was there. So he's probably like, yeah, I'll go over there and check that out. And I'm going to go to the donut shop and get myself coffee and some donuts. Yeah. It was just... Yeah, he's, he's, um, I feel his relationship with the cop was quite, there was no need for it either. It never came up again, like the cop, the cop never came and helped it no. after that. So those whole scenes could have been cut. It could have just been Loomis hanging out, yeah. like going, and then the, uh, the, the police, the police guy's job was to tell us about the mask, that he got a mask from the thing. Yeah. But yeah, there were a lot, there was about three, three separate scenes with Dr. Loomis and, and police dad. Yeah. <laughs> that, yeah. Uh, that were irrelevant, but that's fine. Yeah. Um, so then, you know, 
at this point, the, the kids are in bed. Laurie goes to check on the kids and then she goes to investigate. See, this was super... So this is like the last... Worst babysitter in the world. Like, leaving kids yeah. by themselves in a house. But you could do that in the 70s. Yeah. She I... did lock the door, though. She locked them in. So after there was yeah. a fire, they all perish. Yeah. Oh. Of course. Um, so, yeah, she goes off to investigate. She goes over to the house that Annie's babysitting in, um, walks up the stairs. She obviously, she sees... Annie spread out on the bed with uh, Judith Meyer's headstone on the bed. Yeah. Why did he do this? Is this another ghost bob? Like he's just doing pranks? We now? don't know. We know Maybe he thinks he's just doing pranks. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, hey, <laughs> fooled you. It's trick or treat, Halloween trick. Right? <laughs> They're all tricks, bitches. Get, look, it's not really my dead sister. It's someone else. <laughs> Get it. Get it. <laughs> it's a joke. Um, so she's, she screams. Yeah. So then we get this whole scene is just like, so basically in this scene, like she finds the girl on the bed, she finds the girl dead in the cupboard and then the and guy, Bob, Bob flops swinging. down in front of a door. I'm like, yeah. Mike, did Michael set this up? Yes. He set this up. Like, I don't know if he set it up for her knowing or thinking that she would come and investigate, but he set it up for someone. Yeah. So even if it wasn't her who found them, it would have been the parents when they came home to find, like, the I think it was supposed to be this? the parents, maybe. It could have been. We don't know. We the don't know what his Parents are like. the people that put him in a mental institution. True. But, yeah, like, yeah all the corpses set up in re- ingenious ways for people to look like, And I was like, doesn't make sense. Yep. 1978, fine. So she she comes out of the room. She's having a bit of a bit of bit of an old cry. Yeah, and she's worrying. She's like, "Fuck this shit." There's like just this darkness behind her, and this scene is fantastic because he just kind of suddenly comes. Yeah, because yeah, it was like a, it was like a cupboard darkness. that was open, or she's against the wall, going, "Oh my god!" There's yeah. a cupboard, and it's darkness, and yeah, his his face just um, kind of emerges from yeah. the darkness, like, really well done. Like, yeah. And I was like, oh, God, even and I hate that. What's fantastic about this is this this shot has been, you know, praised so much in the filmmaking community, and the fact of the matter is is they're like, we just didn't have the budget for lighting. Yeah. So the, it just, all of this stuff just worked in their favour. The fact that it was just a little bit darker than it should have been worked in their favour because they just didn't have the budget. Fair enough. I love it. Um... So Laurie runs out of the house. She gets stabbed. She gets stabbed in the arm. Falls down the stairs. You got the worst stabbing. Like yeah. it just looks so bad. It just. Whoosh, it's a, and then later it's on, it's just a, just a line. It looks yeah. like a just bit of lipstick on her arm. It looks like the cut that they photoshopped on Vivica A. Fox's yeah, face. yeah, it's probably the same one. Um, she runs out, and like yeah. no one helps her. This no, is the seventies. So I thought, like, but again, it's Halloween night. She's a teenager running through the street, streets, screaming in suburban Illinois. Like they just look and go, "Oh, it's a fucking kid." Yep, no. Nah. Well, she went problem. to someone else's house, not, not like, clearly distressed, and they like just turned the lights they, off. They like, looked at her out the window, like, nah. I thought that was it's weird fine. because I always thought, like, you know, in the olden times, everyone helped everybody. No, I mean, in the 50s, maybe, but now we're sort of getting to a new stage of the 70s. There's a lot of fear, there's a lot of panic, there's a lot of shit going on. And so she runs back over to the house. And she's like, does this, so she can't find her keys. She's like, the keys, the keys. Yeah, yeah. The she keys. can't get in the house, so she's like throwing shit up at Tommy to wake him up, and he's like, eh? What? Yeah, he was really like that. What? Oh, you lucked out. And throughout the whole film, he's really good at noticing Michael Myers outside. But at this point, when he's looking outside at Laurie, he's like, oh, there's, yeah, there's, like, there's not a guy walking across the street yeah, with a big old knife. There's this like, comedy throughout the film of like Tommy just keeps seeing Michael Myers. 
like doing shit like carrying bodies around. And then he's like, look. And then people come to the window and there's nothing there yeah. every time. And I'm like, like, I mean, like, that's just lucky that he didn't get seen. And that's what I thought was weird, weird, because he's just out and about doing shit. He doesn't try and hide. But it just so happens just the correct people see him at the right times. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, well, he doesn't do that on purpose. He's just really lucky. Maybe that's his power. Quite possibly. Only the people that get scared see him. So Tommy lets her in the house. She's just like, go upstairs, go hide. She locks the door behind her. She hides behind uh, the couch. She realizes the window's open, so she hides or something. Yeah. And so then she's like, where the fuck is he? He's he kind house. of like pops up from behind the couch. Tries to do a reach around strangle again. No. Nah. His signature oh, he tried to, He stabbed the couch. Yeah. Stabs stabbed- the couch. She's like, oh, I'm not having any of this. Stabs him in the neck with a knitting needle. Yeah. Then he's out. He's out. He's down. He's down. Little does he know he's just like, he's just slasher movie re-combo- like, you know, rehabilitating. Yeah. He's just like, mm, no, I'll, if I just lay here for a minute, the pain will go away. It'll be fine. Now, first he, um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So then, yeah. And then she runs upstairs to yep. the kids. Uh, kids, are you all right? And what do you know? Yep. Michael comes back. Mm-hmm. Apparently like, knitting. You can't kill the, bo- the boogeyman. Or apparently knitting is not the, uh, you know. It's not a choice of weapon in this world. Well, okay, fine. She should have knitted a scarf and strangled him. Yeah. So she she sends the kids off. She's like, okay, you need to go. Like you, you need go to your neighbors or whatever. Go, go down. Go to the Mackenzie's house. You, you call the cops. Call the fight. Call everyone. Bring them. Okay. Number one. Why didn't she go with them? That's a very good question. Like at that why point, I was like, she? why didn't she go with the kids? There's no reason for her to stay in the house. There's no one alive in there. Yeah. Anyway, no. so massive plot hole yeah like massive maybe she's just like well i need to stay with the body well i thought that she should have said to the maybe the kids like hide, hide in the cupboard or something and and then or call the police and hide in the cupboard so they're in the house yeah you know what i mean like you know just so there's no reason like, cause she could have just gone yeah with them called the police fine yeah so there's this guy coming murdered and all the, the bodies are all there yeah exactly so the kids run off. Uh, she goes and hides. He's coming up the stairs. So she goes. Well, and he comes hides. back. He comes back from his needling. Yeah, <laughs> as you do. Um, so she hides in the closet, and then we have the like another iconic closet scene where he's he's smashing through the door. That was very well lit. It was. Well, it was closet lighting. Ooh. If ever you want to do anything, closet lighting is the way to go. I heard that. So we get a really good uh, shot of his face. We can finally see the mask. It looks fantastic. Um, she's just sort of sitting there with like a knife. No, she gets a coat oh, hanger and yes, pokes the... him in the eye with a coat hanger. And I'm like, who would have thought of doing that? Because well, she's like, because it's, you know, one of those wire hangers. So she's like MacGyvering that shit. She's pulled it down. She's like, mm, unscrewing it. Okay, yeah, step, step, step. Um, and then so he drops his knife and then she stabs him with his own knife. That's right. Which everyone knows is a, b- a bad his weakness. It's yep. his own weapon. Exactly. So um, then, at this point, Doctor, the, it cuts the, the kids running out the front. Doctor Loomis screen. sees these kids run, yeah, and he's like, "Oh, that's lucky that you know, like <laughs> convenient." Yeah. So Doctor Loomis, he runs into the house. Yep. Um, um, so and then Jason, uh, Michael is strangling Laurie in the in the hallway. The scene where so she's sitting there thinking, "Okay, I've stabbed him. He's got to be dead now," and he just sort of sits up. Oh yeah, yeah. <sighs> I can't do that. My back just cracks and snaps. I'm like, yeah, he is physically fit, that guy. I don't think it'd be hard to sit up, would it? The way he sits up. Yeah, maybe. 
Like there's no, if it was me, I'd be like. <laughs> it's like a right angle. Just like, <laughs> I've got to like slightly turn to the left and like, please help me. Roll around, get the <laughs> ropes. Get the, maybe that's what the ropes was for. You just can't see them. Yeah. He's, he's like, got them off, uh, out of shot, just pulling, pulling himself, himself up, up with the ropes. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So, he comes back again, strangling Laurie. Then Dr. Loomis comes in. And she pulls his mask off, mm. which I thought shouldn't have been done. I thought we should have left him as a faceless, empty Shell of a man. There was no reason to show his face because it added nothing. And it almost, to me, like, made it less, like, scary. He mm. was just this avo dude. <laughs> Basic bitch of a man. <laughs> like, I was like, oh. Dr. Luma shoots him six times. <laughs> Basically, yeah. all of his bullets. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Got mm-hmm. no more bullets left in that gun, I assume. Wow. It's a horror movie, so there is generally like another round in there that you didn't know about. It's like a secret round behind that round that you're about to let off. Yeah, he gets shot six times. He falls off a balcony on the ground. Dead. He's dead. Then they have a like, you all right? Yeah, go back out there. Gone. Yes. Where is Michael's body? I just like that she's just like, she's crying. She's like, was that the boogeyman? He's like, yeah, that was the boogeyman. Yeah, yeah. Body, gone. Done. I know. I don't know, was it that or was it, uh, I thought the boogeyman isn't real. No, it's like, was that the boogeyman? And he's like, I'm, and he, but he says it in an elegant way. He goes, yeah. I, I'm sorry, but I'm afraid, I'm afraid it was. Yeah. Or something like that. <laughs> he like, says it in the Dr. Loomis way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and then cut to credits. The end. Don't need to like follow on from there because he was never planning to make it another no. film. It was just like leave him thinking he's still out there somewhere. Or, is he wounded? Did he just crawl away to die? Is, is he immortal? thing? We don't know. So what are your final thoughts? Fucking love this film. Like, I can talk about this film for hours. And there is so much history to this film that not just for the filmmaking, but for what this film has done for the rest of the horror genre. I love this film. As I've recently just revisited the um, the sequels. So I've watched four, five, and six uh, in one crack recently. Crack. And I got to say, like... Everyone, there's always the the Michael or Jason. Which do you prefer, Michael or Jason? As a standalone film, I love Michael Myers. I love this film. As a franchise, oh, it's Friday the 13th, hands down. Oh. But. I was never a fan of Halloween until recently. Mm. Coming into it with Halloween 3, which mm-hmm. I didn't, I, I, know, I know it's got nothing to do with it, but I, I, I love that film. And then this one, I really enjoyed it. I thought the camera work was amazing. Every shot looked beautiful. I, all the editing was like superb. The lighting was really good. For a film that didn't have a lighting budget, Yeah. Um, I think they did really good. And I think that might have just fell into their laps. Yeah. Like where if they'd lit it all like traditional, it probably would have lost a bit of its edge. Yeah. And I suppose they did a lot of it in the day because of this reason as well. Yeah. Uh, the only thing that let it down were the kills were very tame. Yeah. And, it's not that they were tame, it's that they didn't even look like... There was a lot of strangling, but no one actually looked like they were getting strangled. No, yeah. I, I thought they could have like maybe done it like from a different angle or something to show. like. Um, I loved, all, as I've said like six or seven times, I loved the uh, the voyeurism of looking at the 1978 of what these people lived like back then. Yeah. Seemed really realistic, but yeah. I gave it a classic that is worth a watch, a C. What did you give it? I also gave it a C, but I said that it is a classic that you must watch. Oh. If you want to get into horror, if you want to, uh, like, let me just be elitist horror for a second. This is I'll a, let you for one second. Thank you. You need to watch this film. This is a quintessential horror film that everyone... Like, 
not just as a horror film, but as a film. If you're into filmmaking, watch this film. Just go fucking watch the film. I hadn't watched it. I feel like I'm a, I've got, I, I have a horror podcast and I hadn't seen it. Now <laughs> I feel like a, a turkey goblin. Nah. But um, that's all right. Yeah. So, yeah. If you're out there, if you haven't seen it, give it a watch. It's Halloween. Yeah. We had to classic. watch it. We're recording this on Halloween Day. Talking I know. about Halloween. I feel like, is it too cliche that as a horror podcast, we are recording an episode about Halloween on Halloween? And then I went, I don't care. Hell no. I don't care. This is our Christmas. This is, yes. This is our everything. Um, I just realized I forgot to choose a movie for next week. Yeah. What are we going to watch, Dan? I don't know. Why don't you do our housekeeping and I'm going to quickly <laughs> run off and find something. Okay, guys. So while Dan's having a think about what we are going to watch next, um, you have been listening to Terrorvision Horror Podcast with Dan and Jennifer. This was our Halloween special. Uh, we are a podcast available on all streaming services, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes, iHeartRadio, and wherever good podcasts are found. We are also available on YouTube. So wherever you might listen to us, please follow us, like us, thumbs up, subscribe, everything that you got to do to help us stay alive and well. Uh, we have an Instagram. You can follow that at TerrorVisionPod. We also have an email, TerrorVisionPod at gmail.com. Let us know what you want us to watch, if you want us to discuss anything, your thoughts, your feelings. We want to know what you had for lunch last week. Ooh, you do. Now, I'm going to – have you ever seen Pumpkinhead? I haven't. I've been meaning to watch Pumpkinhead. Do you know how I chose? I went over to my uh, movie maniacs action <laughs> figures and I went, we've watched a Freddy, we've watched a uh, Texas Chainsaw, we've watched a uh, Michael Myers, we've watched a Jason, yep. we've watched an Evil Dead and the only one we haven't done with my action figure set was Pumpkinhead and right. I'm like, let's do Pumpkinhead, OG. Yep. Now, I can't remember if it's one or two. One of them is Lance Hendrickson. That's the it? first one, yeah. Yeah, cool. Yeah, I still haven't, it was one of those like, oh, I'm pretty certain I've seen Pumpkinhead. I'm like, I've never seen Pumpkinhead. Yeah. I'm keen. We're done. So that's it. So next week, everyone, homework, pumpkin. I probably wouldn't have chosen that if I wasn't under the pump either. Mm. That's a good one. Good. Um, and until next week, may all your dreams be nightmares. Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween.